When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Staring at the sea, staring at the sun. Staring down the barrel of the eye on the ground. I can see his upper mouth, but I hear no sound. boys and girls for another special edition of the michael deacon program so glad to be here i'm glad you're here to listen to this one it will be a bit of a rattlesnake as i'd like to say and of course i am joined by the man of the hour mr michael horn let's bring him right on in michael are you alive or have you um passed i think i'm still here um the only thing i passed no i stopped at that stuff so oh, okay I, 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 yeah i'm fine very nice I'm definitely here Live and in person. Love Thank that. Thank you so much for uh, being here, my friend. We've been doing these shows together uh, for years. And no matter how tired I am, I'm always uh, excited and lively when I get to talk to you, Mr. Horn. I've been listening to you uh, since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, as they say. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. That's great. Oh, it really That's is. Great. I'm so glad you're here. I'm honored that you're here. And of course, Mr. Horn, we already know your background. We've been through this so many, many, many times oh, for yeah. many, many moons now. But Mr. Horn, you know, yeah. you do have a YouTube channel and I wanted you to plug that before we even begin here. 
Oh, thank you. Uh, I will request something I don't think I've I've thought about, but I haven't requested before. Call me Michael and I'll call you Michael. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, so get, have, I have a habit of fine. doing that to you for some odd reason. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> because then I want to call you Mr. Decon and then we get into this strange tilt. Of, this uh, strange, of yeah. So sure. Okay, no worries. Michael. Basically, yeah, to answer your question, basically I have a blog from which everything is linked. And the blog is called theyflyblog.com. And it links to the YouTube channel and to, you know, uh, interviews and videos and all of Billy Meyer's material that we can possibly keep on, you know, posting for people to wake up with and to. So thank you for the opportunity. They Fly Blog. And I do a kind of somewhat irregular show on Tuesday evenings, I'm pretty good at week after week, but I sometimes I miss a week if I'm you know busy with something else. So, indeed, and I thank you again. Yes, no worries. And on the uh, very last show you did, you started off with uh, yeah the the UFO report you were saying, and you were talking about uh, being judgmental and how we all do that. <laughs> I thought we could sort of uh, talk about that for one moment here because. You know, I, I've gone through that oh, sure. before, a time or two in my life where, you know, you, you, you sort of perceive yourself one way, but the other person you're talking to, I, I guess they perceive you in an entirely different light. And uh, your <laughs> thoughts and ideas usually do clash when you figure that out. You know, I, I used to, I had this little clever thing that was, uh, in, you know, ju judgmental. Uh, we don't have a word that's Judge Hartle. Uh -huh. In other words... From that perspective, when we see the other person through a place of empathy and all, we don't judge falsely, because I think it is fair to say that we have to make certain judgments and discernment in life, but the problem is we do judge oftentimes prematurely, we judge falsely, and so, yeah, we, you know, human beings tend to have that knee-jerk thing very, very often, triggered consciously or unconsciously. And certainly, you know, many people for a long time, you know, this the new age thing, well, don't judge, don't judge. And in a sense, it's, you know, it's quite right, but I think it's often correct to say, don't judge falsely. And if nothing else, let us not jump to conclusions. Let us see things as they are. Let us bring ourselves back to the fundamental principle of a neut neutrality seeing things as they really are, which is very difficult for human beings, because we do have our likes and our dislikes and our prejudices and our preconceptions. And, you know, there's nobody who could really be goody-goody judgmental on top of all that and say they don't have that. Very few people really can maintain that objectivity and neutrality and then consider things and come to conclusions that are based, reality-based. So that may not be exactly what you were thinking about, but that's something that, you know, we, in the Meyer material, and Billy Meyer's t material, the, what's often uh, called either a spiritual teaching or the creation energy teaching, it is incredibly important. One of the foundational principles is to learn to see things as they really are. And that requires that neutrality or the neutral positive thinking 
And that's explained in, you know, in great depth repeatedly over and over in that teaching, which is non-religious and it has no beliefs. Right. And with, simply, and, with, and with that said, Michael, sometimes you actually yes. do have to judge a few people out there because you do come across these unsavory characters and you kind of know better at times. Yes. Well, you and should it know may better. Sometimes be matters safety or your life so we can't just always smile at people and think everybody you know has the same values and perspectives and, and morals and temperaments that we do uh we'd like to the people who are more desirous of harmony of peace and love and freedom and all that we we'd prefer that and very often if anything we can become a little naive and see things through rose-colored glasses, which is not useful either. We must learn how to see things as they really are. Or objectively. Yes. Perhaps. Yes, exactly. No, not even perhaps. It would be ideal if you human beings saw things from an objective, Rational way, yeah. I mean, I would, I, I would hope so. Rational. But I mean, I look around, I look around, Michael, and I see common sense and uh, just what we're talking about, uh, absence from uh, many of, many of our, our citizens here in America. It's, well, worldwide, I should say, you have a lot of empty-minded uh, people around. The majority of the population of the world, demonstrably, clearly, based on evidence, is incapable of thinking clearly and is basically, in one way or another, uh, deluded through religions, belief systems, cults, uh, deluded through poisonous partisan po political thinking and perspectives, if you will. And people align themselves in non-neutral ways. They are incapable, and both religion and politics foist upon us and foster partisan you know thinking or partisan beliefs and behaviors and filters and it makes it very very difficult right when one has those prejudicial positions to see things in a balanced way whereby you can well, say right and michael have you been guilty of what you are uh, speaking about right now of course. I mean, some people would Absolutely. say well michael that's that's what you've been doing the last 20 years well, what do you I, say I, to those critics, by the way? I mean, they, critics argue that you may be promoting a hoax, as they say. Well, you know, that's fine, but they never demonstrate that. They can't because through evidence and through really hard evidence that's looked at, not just by people who are out there surfing around for phenomenon and UFOs, but people who are scientific and legally minded as well, some who are more scientific than legal and vice versa. Are you talking the about uh, Michael Shermer? <laughs> Sorry. He's a very religious person, actually. Yes, he is. He, Undercover. He came, from, he came, he admits he, he was formerly religious in the very religious sense. And the skeptical approach is a religious kind of a filter. It, it, it comes from premises that enforce upon people and upon evidence a filter you must look through that filter and, and very common in even in some you know in some areas of science and certainly with skepticism we hear extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence except that happens to be false absolutely false 
How can you say that? Well, if that's a, if that was a universally true statement, we would have to say, well, is it really uh, an extraordinary claim to say that the Earth goes around the sun? And we'd say, of course not. But it was a, a, a viewed as extraordinary a few hundred years ago. Right. You know, it, it cost people's lives and yeah. imprisonments. So it isn't that extraordinary claims. It's if you are truly scientifically oriented, doesn't mean that you have to have a whole bunch of degrees or expertise even. It means you can view things critically and objectively and evaluate evidence in that way. So if someone says, this man in Switzerland is, you know, meeting with extraterrestrials and films their craft, you don't say, well, that's an extraordinary. You say, what's the evidence? What is the evidence? And that's what I've been saying and behaving in that from that perspective for, you know, since I... 1979, right. come in contact with this material. Well, this is phenomenal. These photos are phenomenal. But what does the evidence say in terms of the analysis? Has analysis, have analyses been done on these photos, on the films, on the video, on the medals? And the answer is yes, they have. Well, who's done them? Well, th these were done by objective scientific experts at NASA, JPL, USGS, IBM, Groton Undersea Naval Laboratory. I, I, well, wait a minute. But everybody says it's a hoax with models. Well, no. The evidence proved otherwise. Well, how do I know that? Well, you can look at the reports, and you can also do some of the testing on some of the evidence yourself. You can test one of the photographs yourself using Photoshop. You, you can... Uh, you know, try to duplicate the sound recordings, which are physical evidence. All of Meyer's evidence has remained irreproducible to this day. Oh, yeah, but I saw these photos that look just like, well, there are skeptics and there are some very skilled people who have duplicated the effect, but not the evidence, meaning Billy Myers' photographs were analyzed using state-of-the-art computers beginning back in 1978 and all the way up to these days where state-of-the-art technologies now available online have been used to analyze photographic evidence. And guess what? No hoaxes, no models. You can read that and you can repeat the tests yourself. That's the whole thing with science. Can you duplicate these tests? What is the results you're going to get? You can, so skeptics no longer mean anything because we have one after another after another of these, you know, analyses available and evidence available. And recently, my webmaster, Melissa Osaki, took a couple of different elements of Meyer's photograph, a couple very famous photographic series, and used something called fringing on them that I'd never heard about. And we have the blogs up, freely available. I even did a video with her. I'm going to do another one we, where we went through one of the series where she shows how that technology, an objective, downloadable technology, shows you these photos are authentic. There's a tree in front of a UFO, not the other way around. It's not a little model in front of a tree. So skeptics at this point are so terribly irrelevant. Now, they're irrelevant for another reason. The UFOs are, are not only easily, you know, confirmed as authentic, they're the least important part of the authentic information. The higher standard of proof is the prophetically accurate information that 
to a scientific and legal standard is courtroom quality and ironclad. Ironclad. In other words, what I'm saying to you is I can walk into a courtroom, anybody, not, not me. You ha Anybody wants to go get the information off the blog? And someone says, well, how can I go into a courtroom? Well, here, here's, here it is. And here's essentially what it is. The copyright process, whereby you can prove through copyright, and that's done in a, a number of ways. It's not only through a registered copyright. There's copyrights exist by virtue of information that can be verified to have been published online, for instance, or in uh, various journals or something lying around that weren't in, completely in book form, but they were verifiably published at that time. And that copyright will tell you one thing, but it won't tell you a second thing. So what it will tell you is this information was verifiably published on this date. Okay, good. It doesn't mean that information is true. Oh, well, then how, how can you say it proves Billy Meyer? Well, <laughs> it's really simple. We have copyrighted published books of, that have dozens and hundreds of Billy Meyer's specific prophetically accurate scientific, geopolitical, environmental, medical, and economic information published in books that have copyrights. Verify, ironclad. I've run this by a judge, by the way. I've run it by more than one person who's legally minded, but a judge and another attorney has already gone through this and said, oh, good gosh, courtroom quality. I said, yeah, I know. 15 minutes in a courtroom, you prove the reality of the Meyer case, space travel and time travel. And yet, Michael, all of the morons in ufology, and I just have to say it, oh people that waste their time chasing lights in the sky and thinking they're experts on stuff, and they don't want to go to the Meyer case because it shuts down their time-wasting, profit-oriented, uh, diversionary and distractive information because any reasonably intelligent person can read and write, can prove... <laughs> time travel in the Meyer material in 15 friggin' minutes. And you won't see this anywhere in ufology because it's ufology is basically a fraud. There should be no ufology. It's the least important thing in a way. And yes, there's all sorts of UFOs, but what's the reason for any sightings? What's the reason for Meyer's contact? And many people would it's find that a rather strange that you would say that Michael, from an outsider's perspective of listening for the first time to you, sure, they would say, what, what does this mean, it's, Michael? It means that the reason for these contacts that with Billy Meyer have gone on for over 80 years, information that was published beginning 75 years ago. That is crazy, by the way. And That's a long, long time ago. And, and Michael, I must say here, the very first book I picked up was about uh, the Billy Meyer contacts. Yep. Way yep. back yep. when I was just trying to learn how to read as a young child. <laughs> and I'm like, who's this Who's this Billy Meyer guy with one arm? Yep. What's he doing? Yeah, what's, what's he, he up to? That, yes, uh, very, very suspicious in my young mind. Uh, even back then, I was yep. very suspicious. But throughout all, all, this, all this time... Um, I've really grown to um, know and understand the, some of the uh, philosophies he's had. And, of course, the prophecies. Is, and, matter of fact, that's what we're going to get into in a, in a moment here. Yep. Well, this is where – this is the higher standard of proof. This is where one can prove, prove 
beyond a reasonable doubt that the case is authentic, that the information that they have published pertaining to all of these terrestrial events that we should have been avoiding, that they did verifiably publish them years and decades before they ever occurred, and that right now, just to be honest, because uh, you know I don't want to be delusionally hyper, you know, positive here, it's too late to now avoid certain things like the Third World War, the destruction of our country, the massive environmental destruction that we're, uh, you know, just just beginning to see. There's stuff coming. We'll talk about that in the prophecies and predictions. Um, it is too late, but it's not too late for people to wake up to how to live their lives as productively, as safely, and securely as possible. And that's not just what you store up in your pantry. That's important stuff. But there are other levels of information here that people could, should, and sh really, really should get dig into because this is the information that it will will be around that will ultimately over the next several hundred years of terrestrial grief help people to regain a civilization to rebuild a civilization to to get themselves out of these delusional cultic religious superstitious ritualistic belief systems whether they're new age or a Judeo-Christian or anything else that have polluted and poisoned hum humankind for thousands of years to get themselves out of these dead end violence promoting uh, political systems always advantage always fights against the other always has to be an opponent instead of harmony learning how to cooperate with people, it doesn't mean everybody agrees and everything. It means how do we work together towards the best end where we are looking at what universal truths, laws, and values are. And if we can agree on those things, even though we may not agree on every pathway to them, we will not be inclined to want to blow each other's brains out to get to a harmonious place. Yes, we are now past the point of no return in certain places. But on the individual level, on the me, me and you, me and us, we can still make great progress to as safely as possible navigate through the stuff that's going to come down in our heads. We are literally cosmic moments away from some of the long foretold eruptions and, and earthquakes and the wars, long foretold conflict in the Middle East, long foretold conflict, the war with Russia that at least as far back as 87 and farther in the Meyer material, the warnings in the Meyer material, 87 about AI and how it's, it's, it's going to destroy humankind after we use it against ourselves and each other. These things are in there. We don't need Elon Musk, we don't need all sorts of, you know, people who are running around who are going to tell us they're going to predict things. It's done because these predictions in the Meyer material are based very largely on time travel, not on speculation. Now I'm looking at some of the photographs, by the way, and uh, some of them I, I recall uh, the skeptics going going uh, really hard on. Uh, especially the um, wedding cake 
uh, UFO. Yeah. No pun intended, by the way. Which is, it's, that, that thing is so proved to be real that it's in the hysterical laugh. We debunked the debunkers, the analysis done on these things. I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And by the way, I just happened to look, because I, I just looked at your YouTube thing, and somebody mentioned um, Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast stopped having me on in 2020. Really? I didn't know that. When, Yeah, I'll tell you what happened. What happened? It was February 21st, I think, was the I did the last show. On February 23rd, I got the information from Meyer on, and I'm, because we're on YouTube, I'm going to uh, talk around it a little bit, see so this doesn't get suppressed, uh, censored. Um, information on a disease that was popping up then. Uh oh. Everything that Meyer you know, provided at that time and subsequently right. has been verified as 100% accurate. I tried to get back onto coast to coast to warn people. At the time, there were 57 cases in the country. The producer, a nice lady named Lisa, right. argued with me and wouldn't wouldn't let me on. I'm shocked. I said, but you. <laughs> yeah, well, 57 cases in the United States of America as of February 23rd, 2020, and I pleaded with her. I said five, ten minutes at the most, give you the information where people can check it out for themselves. We had five cases in Arizona on March 2nd of 2020. I sent the information around from the governor's office on down. I pleaded with people. I tried to get a press release out on CCN. The guy for an hour and a half told me why he couldn't pr uh, allow me to have a press release announcing this information. The censorship was in place at that time, and we now know what the figures are. And I say, pardon me, screw people. Screw them. You're done. This is not over. Uh, you know, this disease and the other things coming. Meyer is 48. 48 years young. No, in 1948. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> when he was I'm only, a, right. He was, he was uh, I think, 11 years young. And yes. in 47 and 48, he described this disease and medications that would be given to people. And I won't say much more. People can find it on the blog. And he, But he also did tell who would be responsible for it. And it, this is not on on Fauci. The, the whole thing with the, the medications, sure. people can talk about that. But this disease was not started by Fauci and Bill Gates. It was started by somebody else, a prominent American, a former American leader, and a former Chinese leader. Hmm. And I'll leave it at that. It's all in there. Very and, interesting. Uh, these people do not make mistakes with their scientific information. So uh, YouTube took my channel down for going into this in depth, which I won't go into here. And I had to go, you know, wait it out and put up another channel. Ah. So... People, yeah, people think if you, if you, you know, suffocate the truth, and if you, you know, if you try to censor everything, you can change the truth. You can't. We cannot do an end run around the prophecies and predictions. Therefore, we get what we collectively, humankind. I don't mean you and your, you know, nice people that we all sure. know, and even those we don't know. The mass of humankind has brought this upon ourselves, and we now get to live through it. Hopefully, live through it. And it could have been avoided. So, you know, screw you to the people that have decided they're oh, and, you know, we're not going to let this. We're, right. And Michael, you, you said this was back in 2020, correct? Yes. That's when you correct. were, yeah, when you were trying to get on coast to uh, relay this information about Meyer and the information he was receiving. And they weren't letting yep. you on. So 
You know, that's not exactly that surprising because it was early in the game and they probably didn't want to dip their feet into that water just yet. But as time has passed, now that's uh, that's one thing they would uh, always be talking about on, on Coast at, uh, for one uh, moment of time there. And they didn't apologize yes. to you. They, they didn't want to bring you back on after that. Well, they haven't invited me on since then. And I have to admit, I was hmm. pretty harsh when I... Uh, you know, I wrote things about being censored by, you know, Nori's coast to coast. So that's a fact of life. The fact is that we are now, we are all in it together, folks. So, uh, you know, Georgia, listen, George and, and coast to coast, Art Bell, all those people were very nice. I've been on there like 22 times. Sure. And if you go back over those shows, you're going to hear the predictions about the things that are going on now. If you see our films, any of this stuff. So, People are, they just want to be entertained and chit chat and socialize and what's, you know, consume. We want to consume information. We don't want to learn from it. Correct. We no, don't want for to. For the most part, yes. You know, and so, and uh, Michael, before we uh, go into other matters here, um, I, I did want sure. to get your take on um, this clip here I, I have. We won't listen to the whole eight minutes of it, but it's of someone that you're very familiar sure. with by the name of Mr. Okay. Greer. Just wanted you to hear this. Just wanted you to hear him. Just sure. wanted you to hear him. Okay. Between the late 1800s and 1929, there were a number of breakthroughs that ended up uh, being suppressed that had to do with creating very high voltage VHV systems so that you could create a vector into what's now been called the zero point energy field. When Nikola Tesla died, this information that he had, uh, which allowed for a car to run, out of the ambient energy uh, was uh, in documents confiscated by the FBI. And I have a doc Department of Defense document demanding that the FBI turn these over to the DOD. The FBI refused. By 1928 and 29, T. Townsend Brown, as well as the Kolosky Frost experiment in physics in Germany, had determined that VHV, very high voltage systems, done in a certain resonant field could result in so-called electromagnetogravitic effect, the lifter effect that has been described, which you see in UFOs. They also can create what's called a space-time bubble around an object so that you can correct for 1G. This is how these objects are traveling at multiples of what any aerodynamic uh, physics would describe and can make right-hand turns without killing the occupants. Yeah, around yeah. this same time, yeah, yeah. There was, in the 1940s and the late 1930s, a number of UFO sightings. This included the so-called Foo Fighters. Yes, it's a famous rock group. However, the Foo Fighters took their name from the reports of these objects seen in the theater of World War II that were flying around our aircraft. We thought it was a secret weapon of the Nazis. The Nazis thought it was a secret weapon of ours. Uh, there is Jimmy Doolittle, the famous general. His nephew is... All right, I'll lower this. I feel like you had something to say there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, so your, your you thoughts here. Go for it. Okay. So there's two things to comment on immediately. Is uh, some of Greer's information accurate? Probably so. But here's the other part of it. Who gives a flying crap? <laughs> this guy is... It's He's... He's a huckster. I'll he's been making why. he's been making the rounds, by the way, all over the place uh, as of late. Yes, uh, yes. Coming out course, all over the place. Nothing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Look, here's the thing. 
nobody listening or watching Greer can do a goddamn thing with that information. It's wonderful. It's the biggest distraction. That's why he's out there without any resistance. That's why we can't get into the mainstream. That's why two press release companies that said, hey, that I spoke to and said, oh, my God, this information is incredible. We're going to get your press releases out. And they came back to me and said, um, well, uh, we can't do it. Yeah, I know you can't because it's censored from the top down because all media has current or former CAA people in place now running media and letting you know what you can and can't put out. Greer is a huckster. He's constant. This is distractions. We know where there are alien bodies. Really? Really? I presented to Greer and to a in 2000, I think it's four, in, in L.A. at a panel at a Whole Life Expo. I'm on the panel. Greer's on the panel. Greer had spoken. I had my turn. I said, Stephen, I'd like to give you all of the information and material and Ooh. evidence in the Billy Meyer case. Yeah. Save yourself some trouble here. He wouldn't look over. He wouldn't respond. People started writing to him and asking him. They won't respond about Billy Meyer because this clown— this self-promoting, egomaniacal huckster only cares about pumping out phenomenalistic things that not one person on earth that sees it can do anything with. Billy Meyer published all this information about the, the, the UFOs that were being developed in the 20s, the Nazi UFOs. Meyer met Tesla. I mean, people... These are the clown profiteers who have the support tacitly or otherwise of the intelligence community hmm. and the weapons manufacturer because it's ooh, ooh, ooh ah, ah, is ooh, he, ooh, phenomenon, is he, is, phenomenon. Is, is he connected to any, um, any of the alphabet boys? I can't say that, but I can tell you something that I do know. I heard he was, I, and I, but go ahead. Sorry. Well, who knows? And who cares? No, well, I yeah, can tell right. you, you know, he started off his conversation talking about censorship. Yes. I happen to know that Greer is trying to get an attorney disbarred who dared to buck him, trying to get that attorney to not be allowed to speak about UFO. This guy is... Really? Right. Yes, I will say no more because I, I don't want them to be identified, but this is going on right now. With an attorney who had been told to work with him and wow. is no longer working. This is not, I mean, why would people, this man has produced not one piece of verifiable evidence of extraterrestrial manufacture, and he's got people running out to the desert at night with flashlights for aliens on demand? What are you, are people this stupid? Really? I remember this, being uh, over well, there at a contact in the desert uh, many moons ago, uh, Michael, and he was out there. He was out there pointing lasers yeah. in the sky, and people were in shock and awe. I'll tell you one of the things that nobody's thought about. The secret military program, there's a guy up in Washington State. Yeah. And um, his name, I hope, oh, Gilliland, James Gilliland. Okay, yeah. In 2004, he gave me a video of his with the, the stuff, and he said, I was in San Francisco. He said, are you going to see Billy Myers? I said, yeah, I'll be there next month. Is please show him this video and ask him what he can tell me about these. So what's the video? It's all these lights in the sky stuff, dancing around, Mount Washington, whatever, and people out there going ooh and ah. So Billy actually, I gave him the video, and I expected maybe I'll hear about it in two years or whatever. So it was within about two weeks I got a, a thing from him saying, I have 
shown this to Patah, the alleged extraterrestrial, one of them that he meets with. And he said, what this man is filming is not extraterrestrial craft. It's secret military craft developed at Area 51. And uh, in that video, um, what's his name? I want to call him Gillespie. Gilliland <laughs> takes off his yeah. shirt. He's got a burn mark on his chest. And, and Patah says, this is coming from the man himself. His consciousness is badly burned out, literally, and he's so invested in this having to be. He's he's not in touch with anybody extraterrestrial. This is so the guy's basically a mind control experiment for secret military. I well, that's what so, I'm getting at. I that's what I heard, you know, from uh, well, let's say there's a mole um, very close to one Greer and. Um, they're mm. saying he was very connected to the military. They always seem to show up when he's around, is what I heard. And furthermore, well, I was going to, I reached out to his people. We did some talking and they weren't going to come on here unless they controlled the narrative. Let's put it that yep. way. Unless, unless I was uh, willing to play ball, there's no chance he'll appear here. That's right. And this guy won't debate me because I'll kick Greer's butt back and forth oh, because the Meyer material kicks butt, butt back and forth. And anybody, I, I, I know a half a dozen people could do it. It's not me, honestly. It's just you know enough about this and you bring it up and Greer can, it will just d double talk. He's a double talker and people, you know, he's popular because people want escapism. They don't want to deal with reality. They want, ooh, and ah, and evil aliens and lights in the sky. And if I shine my uh, laser in the sky, aliens are responding. No, some clowns from Area 51 are going, well, we got another group out here. So he always announces his, you know, we're going to go out to this place and that place and do lights in the sky. So how much, how hard is it for the secret military, which has alternative craft people, how hard is it for them to go, okay, let's get ready to dance, and these people are going to go, oh, my God, I'm in touch with extraterrestrials. Hey, you better wake up. You, are you meaning collectively, humankind, and certainly America, you're just knee-deep in all the stuff that's coming down on our heads. Let's find a way to wake up and go, oh, well, let's see if we can't mitigate that or wake up some people in in media who have the courage to bring this out. Greer here, make contact with ETs, smirking face. You know, give me a break. You're not, he, none of these people could handle it. That's why there aren't contacts with other people. We're dealing with people whose evolutionary level, the, the, the player and extraterrestrials are human beings. Their evolutionary level is so much farther than ours. It's like I used an anecdote some years ago, which was, drive into any big city's kind of, uh, you know, roughest area late at night where the drug dealing, the gang banging is going on. Right. Drive in in a convertible. <laughs> Come on, be a sport. Park your that. car, you know, and decide to walk around. The, the difference in vibration between us and you know, the reasonable people and the people who are gone on drugs and are gang banging and shooting yeah. is, is closer we are closer in our consciousness than we are to the playaren. Imagine you go into a situation like that, you're asking for trouble. They don't need to interact with anybody here. They trained Meyer from the age of five. Right. So and, 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 my and, my, and my question, Michael, is um, many theories out there. We've been hearing it for years that uh, these beings from the sky created us. 
And I'm just wondering, but why? What's the purpose of uh, well, creating us and let us run around like wild animals the whole time? If we're just some uh, silly because, science project, what, what's the purpose of it all? In your in your okay. opinion, let's hear it. Well, I, I, I would like to say, according to my understanding of okay, the information go. in the case, right? The, the there this goes back 22 million years to another star system to the star system of Sirius, S-I-R-I-U-S, where a very advanced race, a splinter group to the Pleiaran, formerly called the Pleiadians, there's no Pleiadians, a splinter group to the race that Meyer meets with today, 22 million years ago. These are ancient races we're talking about, technologies far beyond even what we imagine. They genetically engineered people to be warrior protectors for them. For certain, The whole story is available freely. I don't want to drag people. I'll just put it this way. They did two genetic manipulations according to this information. They modified our lifespan, tuned it down to not much more than 100 years maximum instead of the 1,500 or so years they had. And they upped the ante on the genetic component for increasing our propensity for violence so they would be willing warriors. When they were done doing their protective work because the race had to do rebalance their own genetics so they had a fighting spirit themselves and lots of stuff, they decided they were, a lot of them decided they were gonna wipe out their warrior races, they didn't need them anymore. And one faction in their world said, no, that's not a spiritual way to do things. Ultimately, they flee with lots and lots of these people out of the Syrian star system. They find their way into the Milky Way. By the way, I, I just came you know, across a photo of Greer without a shirt on, by the way. I'm, I'm sure it's just delightful. I have. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I, I had a, I, I had to mention that to you. I thought it was important. I, I just thought it was kind of a uh, kind of odd that I uh, came across that. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry about that. Um, well, I'm not going to take my shirt off for you either right now. Okay, but, thank you. Um, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Uh, but what we're dealing with here is, the history is this. The humankind on our planet now has inherited from eons ago these genetic manipulations. And the thing is that these peoples who were brought here and to two other planets in the solar system that no longer have the life forms on them, the people here started, we have interbred with all of the naturally arising indigenous peoples of different races. So virtually everyone on the planet carries these genetic limitations, a propensity for violence and aggression and shortened lifespans. So we are victimized, if you will, in a sense, but only this will end because our scientists are on to the lifespan. They haven't yet made the necessary full modifications, but they also will find, they will find this violence, you know, the gene that gives us that aggressive thing, mm. and that has to be modified before we can even hope to leave our world, which is not even guaranteed now because of the destruction we're bringing on ourselves. Oh, what's happening now? I so, mean, all the GMOs, the, the water being uh, tainted, full of lead, birth rates are down, well, uh, man's sperm is down. Sure. It's happening. Sure. The problem is, see, not all GMO is bad. Um, we've had GMOs. What is it? I mean, nectarines and different things. Science is a double-edged sword because whatever is created can be used for good or for ill very, very often. That's why we can't get certain help 
from extraterrestrials, even though we've received help on unconscious levels for our um, scientists who've been impulsed with things to help medically and all, they can't go beyond a certain place because the technologies that could help bring even greater healing I see. have are, they're too accessible for destructive purposes mm. if manipulated. In other words, we can't so, handle the truth. No, we can't. And if we, you know, if we could, we wouldn't have religion and politics. Oh, yeah. And they wouldn't have such, you know, a deep grip on people at this time. Mm. Um, I would just say, look, there's nothing to believe in the Meyer case. You can't go, oh, people say, oh, I believe Billy Meyer. I said, well, you don't have to. First, find out if it's true. And then you won't need to believe it. You know, because if something's true, you don't need to believe it. You know it's true. Yeah. I don't know that everything in the Meyer case is true. I just have to be honest, because I don't know everything in the Meyer case. I'm familiar with a lot of it. And that's my take, too. And that's my uh, that's my take as well, uh, Michael. Through all the, all the years, I there's some things I believe in, some things I don't. And I'm that way with everything in life. There's some things I believe completely, Look, some things I don't. And um, Meyer, there's a lot of things in there, though, that I... I feel make a lot of sense, and he has predicted some things that have come true that were pretty wild, in my opinion. So there's some validity there, some in, my, things, in my in my opinion. Michael, we have documented over 250 specific error-free examples, and we have found no erroneous prophetic or predictive information, no erroneous scientific information, none of it. So it's like we can keep looking if we want, but you know, at a certain point we go, well, wait a minute. Um, do we have the wisdom to go, oh, oh, okay. It seems like you guys know what you're talking about. What do we do? What do we do now? And then we, well, we've laid this stuff out for decades. It's still here and you can still use it for, for centuries to come to straighten yourselves out. Right, understood. Individually. Yes. And uh, Michael, right now we are on uh, your website, theyflyblog.com, and we are looking at your latest entry that you did. And um, yes. I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm seeing it right now. Iceland declares state of emergency. Yes. I'm looking at that article. Yeah, because, well, that's about this imminently or soon, however you want to put it, to erupt volcano there. So, did, you know, people say, well, uh, Billy Meyer, he post-dated everything. No, he post-dated nothing. Well, in 2023, that's this year. Let's just start with this year, 2023. He talks about uh, having seen in Reykjavik long ago the, the nature of this volcano there. So he says then in 2023, early, I think maybe it was July, I forget. I didn't click on the link myself. It's there. He says... But what is happening now in Iceland is really what I have seen in this process for the first time in modern times. And what will happen there in the future and what will happen with the whole change of the earth? And the guy says, mm-hmm, okay, don't, we're not going to talk about it. Okay, let's go back a little, 2012. So he says right there, and as I know, one of the most dangerous areas on earth in terms of volcanic activity in the sea, along with Yellowstone and the Eiffel region in Germany, Iceland and Hawaii, etc. Talks in 2012. Then he's talking about Santorini. Hmm. Okay, Iceland. He's talking about. But let's go back to 1948. Right. I, I saw that right now. About, 
yeah, the future right? of the coming wars. And that's the, the stuff yes. that I love about Billy Meyer and the prophecies. Go ahead. Take it away. Yeah, as well as fatal illnesses and rampantly spreading diseases, uprisings and civil wars, the emergence of several major terrorist organizations and small... Okay, but 1948, none of this is in the horizon. Okay, right, and right. people can read this. It's all there. So we, as we scroll down, he's talking about the chaos and different things. And some, he says, become... The, uh, here he says, some of these happenings will begin in the coming decades with Italy being affected because of the beginning of the coming upheavals on the European continent, da, 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 submarine Mediterranean areas, as well as in central eastern, eastern central Italy. From these years on, he names 2009, serious earthquakes, and then 2016 and 2017, a series of earthquakes will announce the coming happenings. Now, just so people know, I and you can do it yourself, you go online, I searched strong earthquakes, Italy, 2016 to 2017. Those were reported as the strongest earthquakes on record in Italy. This is 48. He's talking about things that are going to happen 60-something right. years later. Now, he comes down to 97. He talks about five countries all around will be affected when those Italian quakes, which are imminent too, because of disastrous destructions and devastation partly sink into the sea. And then he says, the whole will also extend to the Irish... Icelandic and Western European coasts, and he goes on, especially this, that, and the other thing. The coming, as I say, eruption in Iceland, then is first predicted by Svath in 1948. And I listed other things here. You may remember from a few months ago, there was a report of so-called seven-foot-tall giants in Peru attacking Babel. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and yes. right after that, remember that? Okay. I remember. Right after that, were the fires in Hawaii. Now, bear with me for a second. As I quote to you what I personally read, 1986, I, you know, we have those books. <laughs> 1986, earthquakes will now badly tear us under the inside of Earth, evilly destroy man's life, buildings, etc. when from the depths of Peru's jungle, the giant warriors arrive murdering and robbing and rolling across villages and raping and all this stuff. This is the last sign before the coming evil time when the old Inca enemy again, murdering and robbing cries, breaks forth from his hundreds of year old, uh, years old hiding place in the jungle, also in Peru. So this was Peru, and he predicted they were going to come forward. He said, after Udine in Italy, where the first big quake will roll, well, indeed, there was a quake there. And then he talks about America quakes and uh, wait South America quakes and blazes at the blow and in smoke enfolded in dull screaming and gray death smoke but also wait for it America and all its islands are to be are to be named then Japan Arabia China Indian nations that burn islands Maui burned after that. Can we just wake up, people? Not one nation will be spared. And by the way, he's also the coming rolling quakes in the land of Turkestan, Russia. All those things occurred after this. And so Billy says in 1976, 
uh, he he was referring back to the thing we just were reading. These are giants, Indians of giant size who live somewhere in Peru, according to prophecy, must have attacked a village about 10 days ago. It was them. And so they tell more about it. Sure, they know about these people. They're not aliens. And they're about six foot eight tall, 210 centimeters. Their skin is reddish brown. And they go on and on and talk about them. So when are people going to stop wasting their time worrying about UFOs and chasing lights in the sky and listening to quacks and hucksters and get on with we are warned here. By the way, for those who about don't, America, and... right? But for I'm those sorry, who, go ahead. I was going to say, for those who don't know, um, uh, people were saying, uh, you know, Peru is under attack. <laughs> There's aliens attacking people out there. Well, here's the truth about that that we don't talk about a lot, but Meyer's been talking about since 2015. There are other races here, not so much. They're not so much on the surface. They are below the surface of the Earth. They've been here for a very, very long time. And they have advanced technology, certainly advanced in comparison to ours. They're not anywhere near as advanced as the play are in the people. But also, our government has seen some of their craft and has started to fire on them, which Meyer has said is not a good idea because these folks are going to, at a certain point, get tired of that. And when they get tired of that and they start firing back, we're not going to like it. Yeah, allegedly we so shot that, down a couple of uh, UAPs. Not my, well, not my phrasing. Uh, I don't like using the, the phrase yeah, UAP, by the way. It's, it's a stupid phrase. I agree. Phenomenon. It's a phenomenon thing, again. The problem is that um, these craft, I'm pretty sure that these people and their craft, they're not going to be shot down quite so easily. It's possible maybe something happens, but um, I'm not really thinking that that's going to be our big problem. It is the, that we, if we do attack those people, yeah, we can have some problems. And there is something else in the prophecies, and that is this. Because Russia and America are going to be in a war, Russia, China, and other allies against us— we are starting this war. We've already effectively started it. There comes a point when extraterrestrials or descendants of extraterrestrials, meaning those below surface of the earth, will make their presence known and come to the aid of the countries being attacked by mm. the West. We are toast if this proceeds. They've already described the weaponry that will be used against this country, fire cylinders, uh, deadly hurricanes, weather weapons, and more. And as I said, in all of this, in 1987, a lot of these descriptions, they described AI, and they said, this will turn against humankind, and basically the chance that it destroys most human life on Earth is very real. But of course, we want our techno toys, because idiots can't live without having something in their <laughs> hand to poke on and babble into and think that that makes them important. Right. Yeah, oh, again, so, I, I say this all the time, but there there are plenty of uh, children now that grew up with an iPad or a cell phone yeah. in their hands, and yeah, they can't live without it. And they can't think in a straight line. They don't know what you're talking about when you talk about things that have to do with real life. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty pathetic. It is. And that's it. You can't change that. That is what it is. 
But what we can change is ourselves, our thinking individually. It, what we can change is to make alliances with like-minded people. We can try to wake up others, but first, study the Meyer material. We have his books that are in English. Meyer's written over 60 of them. He teaches uh, things you know nothing about, folks. The real nature of reincarnation, what really happens after we die, before birth and rebirth, and all this stuff has nothing to do with these fantasies, nothing whatsoever. And, and more stuff on about anything you could imagine, anything you could imagine is in this material. And it's only because you don't know about it that you're not burying your nose in it, you know? Absolutely. So there, yeah, it's, you know, I rarely promote anything, if you will, but. The most important thing I could think of anybody having is just one of these books. There's a book called The Might of the Thoughts. It was one of the first books I think I got from him. I went, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot in there. And know, one of the things that I did want to mention, I know we don't have too much time with you here, but a civil war is coming yeah. to America. That's always something that I, I'm always interested in because, you know, obviously we live here in America and... A lot of people have been flirting with that idea. Um, tell us a little yeah. bit about that, in your opinion. Do you think we will well, see that in our lifetimes? Well, I think we're, in effect, we are in the early stages of it. I mean, it's only a matter of wondering. Seems like it. Does, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, the polarization, the racism, the political poisons, political partisanships, the divisiveness uh, that's carried forth by very self-serving people, polit political people in office, formerly in office, all the rest, people can't think. So they get all worked up and, and are they're easy to manipulate. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's unfortunate. It's but all I by design, it in though. It's all by I'm design. Sorry? I was going to say, it's all by design that, it, that people are getting yeah. uh, whipped yeah. up emotionally. And furthermore, in terms of AI, of I forgot to mention this one, so I'm going to throw it in there. Some say AI is... A product of uh, of ET origin of a of a nefarious group of ET origin. That's how uh, AI is coming uh, to us and all this technology. That's all coming from the uh, the Greys from out there. What do you make of that? The Greys were androids. Androids, people. They weren't the extraterrestrials themselves. Correct. And people have got you know this is a, a great disinformation thing. There are no living Greys. But this is it. People are stupid. They can't think. They don't question. They don't try to reason their way through things. So you get this hysteria, and it's just endlessly stupid, endlessly stupid. So, um, you know, look. We're in a constant loop of, of we're in a constant loop of uh, stupidity in in terms of uh, what's happening right yep. now. Yep, and you've got the UFO community and fake UFO experts and fake re researchers and fake investigators and all the clowns on UFO Twitter right. and the UAPs. This is all poisoning people's minds, and people are too stupid to think their way out of it. That's all. What are you going to do? Nothing. Can't do anything. So we, you know, we work with ourselves, and we get out of the distraction. We get out of the hysteria. We start to learn to think and to preserve ourselves in a realistic way. And to, you know, uh, if our lives are only about socializing and 
getting friended on Facebook or Twitter oh, or whatever. That's, oh, that's depressing. Yeah, it is depressing. I mean, what can you do? So, you know, folks, it's going to become a little more real to you now and to all of us. And I'll tell you this, in all fairness, there you know, many people around the world, we know these about these prophecies, we know about the predictions, and even though we know, I guarantee you, if something erupts one way or the other near us, we're also going to be thrown into that, you know, initial kind of a crisis That's thing, right. depending on how close things are to us. So you have to be prepared on every level, but you also have to try to create alliances with people that are healthy and worthwhile and that aren't, you know, based on playing the same stupid violence, you know, oriented video games and all the rest of this garbage, because you're not going to be able to do anything. And this whole economic thing coming, Meyer foretold it going back to 1958 to, 19, to 2006 to 2017. I mean, this is just... You know that kind of thing. Yeah, and <laughs> one know? more, one more thing so, here before I, I let you go, Michael. I know your time yeah. is very, very limited here, and I do respect you tremendously for being so um, open and honest with us here. As always, I, it's a breath of fresh air. And one of the things I, I did want to ask you here, and this is kind of um, this is kind of a random one, but I did see it on your blog uh, many, many moons back, and it was about uh, briefly about the Apollo Eleven moon landing hoax. Uh, I, yes. uh, I'm curious about that. Um, what do you mean by that? Can you go into any detail for yes. us? Sure. If you look on, on, on my homepage, you're going to find, I think it's still linked on the, before you run into, um, you know, check, hit, click here. Let me see real quickly and I'll answer you at the same time. And I'll also add while I'm answering you. Yeah. I was going to quickly say, friends, did this, uh, does Billy yeah. Meyer not believe that uh, America went to the moon at all? It's not a matter of belief. He knows. No, no, no. We did go, but we didn't uh, go there on Apollo 11. 11. It was a hoax. There's a guy, Francisco Velate. If you click on, uh, you know, click here for more on my homepage, you'll see he's got it. The Apollo 11 and 13 hoaxes. He analyzed the footage. Okay. And he's very honest. He said, look, there are real landings that took place and things. Apollo 13 did not have a, tr a problem. We'll jump to that one so people can understand. Sure. That was set up to deliver the artifacts, the, the lander and the flag and all this stuff, that did not get there for Apollo 11 because Apollo 11 never landed on the moon. Apollo 13 did land and subsequent. But these are hoaxes. And Meyer, we have the, his explanations from and with the play on how it was done to a uh, large degree. Yeah. And if you click on... On they fly blog and you go to the Apollo 11 and 13 hoaxes, which is in the second page of the homepage. You can watch Francisco's very interesting video and his science on it, and he's willing to take people on on it. And he's he's very clear. He doesn't, you know, not everything. No, you know, Americans. I have a hard time believing. Well, I, I have a hard time believing we went back in '69. Uh, to be honest with you, we we well uh, again. I'm a little iffy 13, on that. He said, he said the 13 landed, and I I was never all that into the Apollo stuff, to be honest with you. You know, sure, you, sure. reading the Meyer material, who cares about it? But yeah, that was Meyer. before. I mean, that stuff's before. But Billy predicted in 58 that the first American attempt at a moon landing would be a hoax and the rest would be real. 1958, 11 years before. Yeah, that's... It's like we've yeah. 
Throw your, get a, take a cold shower, people. <laughs> you know, I never understand. heard, I, I never knew Meyer had, uh, had any opinions on that. So I, I find that fascinating. Now I want to go and read about that. Well, he, it would even be said, you know, if we want to be kind of tr true to the way he expresses, he doesn't have an opinion on it. He was okay, I see. shown, he was shown the information and the reality. Like one of the people, uh, one who studies, who knows the Meyer material, he has as one of his, you know, the final comments here, he t took you know, Ernest Stuhlinger inside the craft and Ernest confessed the hoax. Stuhlinger was a right-hand man to Werner von Braun. Meyer and you know, I think it was Samyazi, unless it was Askid, but I always forget there's someone, how can you tell the players in a scorecard? <laughs> they picked this guy up, they beamed him onto the craft. And they gave him the third degree, and he admitted, yes, it was a hoax. And he was the guy who, he said, please, don't, you know, I don't want anything said about So they didn't say anything until after the guy died. He was like 90, 95, uh, whatever. So this this is like, my gosh. <laughs> you know. There's, um, a lot, there's a lot of uh, substance here. And, uh, you know, we could talk for hours on end on this, uh, Michael, no doubt. And, you know, we're going to have to do a part two and, and pick up right where we I'd left off here sure, sure no doubt and uh, you know i could go on and on and on because there's so much and of course the the phones have been ringing here but unfortunately we, we can't take oh. uh, any phone calls here since uh, you got to get going here but mr Horn, i do want to thank you if you're if you still wow. have phones ringing you have time for one or two calls and the, and we can do relatively short thing i would stick just so we could have somebody else's voice on here besides just mine pro or con i don't care but uh, well, i'd be uh, glad to hear now now no one's calling late. yeah no one no one's calling now oh. unfortunately so okay uh, yeah That's we fine. we struck too late then we could do a show whereby we say that we're going to take calls and well let, let me people... let me ask you this actually this is something that i, I think should be a, a question that probably everyone has on their mind at least upon yes. their first initial listen here of you, Mr. Horn. I know I said Mr. Horn, but <laughs> I did that on purpose. Uh, Michael, what exactly was it about the Meyer material that solidified it for you, in your honest sure. opinion, in your heart? What resonated the most for you that you did what you did, and now as sure. the media representative, go ahead. Okay. The UFO thing, like for many people, Grabbed me. 1978, saw the first book, bought it. Wow. Looked at the photographs, read the material in the book. 1988, after reading 1,800 pages of his conversations, I open up a newspaper where there's an article about a new discovery from Lawrence Livermore Labs, and that new discovery tied in the ozone damage to atomic testing and the explosion of atomic bombs and stuff. And I said to myself, wait a minute, I already know. How could I know this? I know these percentages. They're talking. I know that. And like the light bulb went off, I reached under the bed. I pulled out the first 100-page block of this trans translations that I got in 86. And it was from 1975 and, and, and 76 in, in there. And they're telling him about it about the connection, A-bomb testing is destroying the ozone. But the difference between what Lawrence Livermore Laboratory said and what was in the Meyer material, and, I, and, it, and by the way, it's in a book published before, long before Lawrence Livermore, 
it, it's just so much more comprehensive, several pages of information, not a couple paragraphs. And I said to myself at that point, wow, this is about something more important than UFOs. And then I started to see the stuff all over the place. Here's a new discovery about this. Here's a new discovery. Now, earthquake, earthquakes and oil interact, 1990 or whatever. Uh, yeah. Professor Paul Siegel from Stanford publishes this article. No, 1976, they explained to him, earthquakes and uh, extraction of petroleum and natural gas mining ores precipitate earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. It's in published books. I, that's why I say to you, it's ironclad. It's legal standard. You can go in there and just use your finger and point. I did it with a judge in, in Las Vegas, 2013. We're talking about stuff and I, blah, blah, blah. He was a cynic. He was a retired judge. I'm into UFOs. This has got to be a hoax. I say, okay, Your Honor, can I walk into your courtroom? Yeah, yeah. What do you want to show me? Here. You see the copyright date here? I said, he said yeah. What about it? I said, so you see over here where this guy's asking about the planet Mercury. Why is the surface contracting to it? And Samyaze, the supposedly extraterrestrial, says, well, that's because of the metal core of the planet. You see the date here? Yes. I said, so who prevails in your courtroom? He said, you do. I want to buy the book. I want to buy the Because he, he could think. He could do something 90% of Americans can't do. He could think. Oh, it's in a book verifiably published then, and it's accurate on top of that. Well, you win. Pretty simple. Right. NASA wasn't. There we are. There so we are. So that got me going. I understand that, you know, if anybody wants to call in, you should do so right now before we let Michael uh, leave here. You know, the number is 424-666-2425. Don't be shy. Hurry up and uh, get in here really fast before we have yeah, to. Yeah, real quick. And yeah, we got to get you in if here. Not, it's fine. We'll yes. do a show where we tell people in advance, watch Michael's Decon's, uh, you know, interviews here with this. Look at the Meyer material. Come up with questions that you can ask either in, a, in the in his uh, you know chat room or on blog or what have you, or call in and let's address them. Right. And we, that's fine. Yeah, we, we've really, done that one know, time uh, a while back, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, but yeah, yeah we, we got to do that again, no doubt. But yes, if anybody wants to call in, hurry up and do that now because uh, Mr. Horn has to get on out of here or else he yeah. is going to feel the wrath of the wife. <laughs> yes. He's going to beat him up. There's going to be a well, domestic case over there. Yeah, the, the food's going to be cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a killer right there. So oh, yeah. we'll, give it, we'll give it 30 seconds or something because anybody who wants to could dial the number in that period of time. And if oh, not, there we go. We got a call. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's uh, take this phone call here. Let's bring them on in. Uh, caller, go ahead. You are now live and direct. Go ahead. Hey, Michael. Hi. Hi. Hey, how are you? We are fantastic. Hey Let it rip. Good. Okay. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> nice and clear. Okay. All right. So I have a question statement. Um, back around 1978, there was an object that followed us. We were on a road out in the middle of nowhere. And it's not like I can't tell you that there was blinking lights or anything crazy like that going on. But... There was this presence, there was this energy, and it surrounded the car. And so we thought at first when we looked, you know, like we looked out the windows, you can't really see anything, but there's a shadow that surrounds the whole car. So the faster we went, we noticed whatever direction that we turned, it was it was there. 
and it was all And what's the question? It. Just because I want to eat dinner. What's the question? And we'll see what we, we if. What's your question, dear? So, okay, so my question is, it always felt like it was an alien-type presence, but from the stories and things that you hear, there's always some kind of a beaming light or some kind of something that you see, but all we felt was energy. Okay, so let me throw a, a quick answer at you. Alien means, you know, alien, other than and uh, strange to and whatever other definitions might be in there. And... All we can say is this, there's a lot of phenomenon, craft, it doesn't make it something from outer space, it could be terrestrial, it could be from outer space, but the real bottom line on it, in my opinion, so you called, is it's no longer important, because that's phenomenon that we can't do anything with, and I, I wouldn't doubt that you had the experience, don't get me wrong, but whatever it is, whatever that experience was, is gone, and doesn't give us any answers because even right now, you can tell the story and you can have a question about it, but you don't know what happened. And so I'm saying, yes, there's lots of sightings. Nowadays, there's more than before. Some are extraterrestrial for sure. Some are secret military from our country or another. And they're not important in terms of what we as individual people can and probably should do to get our thinking evolved, to get clear-headed, and to realize that things are changing in this world. They're going to change drastically. It, nobody's coming to save us. No religious figures, no extraterrestrials. And for whatever, throughout history, these things have been present. But now we've got to take the hint that maybe the ones that we can prove have been here and still are and are meeting with a man have come for a reason. It's not romantic. It's not sci-fi. It's not entertainment. It's telling us we have work to do. And we can take that advice and look into it, or we can choose not to. But I don't have myself a better response to you because I've had seven, eight sightings myself. I've been within 20 feet of a craft that I've had three sightings of the, of the play iron craft. But it's interesting. But right now, there's not much more I can do with it. I can do a lot more when I read Meyer's material, a lot of which is freely available on the blog, and some of which is in the books that people can buy if they want to really study. So with that, I have to say thank you. And good night, because I'm hungry. Yes, he's, he's hungry. He's got to get going. And the wife is about to, <laughs> hungry. About to do a 187 on him. Well, I hope you enjoy your dinner. Yes. Um, by, the way, you. by the way, caller, stay on the line for a moment here. I wanted to talk to you for a second here. Just, okay. just hang tight. Just hang tight. Just hang tight. Uh, Michael, once again, I do want to thank you so much for being a part of the program. Always a honor and pleasure, my friend. We will definitely do round two when you return. And, you know, we'll take phone calls. Yes, let's do that, and we'll find time to, to stir up some dust there. Okay. Thank you again, Michael, as always, from my point of view. Much, much appreciated. And thank you, everybody in the chat who has you know, expressed benefiting or approving yeah. of this. Uh, I'm glad it has value for you. Oh, Until yes. next time, yes, he's quite alive in Switzerland, Myers 86. And with that, wow, I say good night to you all. Yeah. Good night, my friend. Take care. Actually, he's, a little, he's actually between two oh. and 300 years old. Wow. We can explain that next time we converse, and I mean it literally. So we will get into that perhaps in the next call, but 86 is good enough. Oh, yeah. So until next time, Mahalo, my friends. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.
And there he goes, boys and girls. That was our guest, Mr. Michael Horn. And now let us return to the phone call here. Caller, are you still with us? I am still here. I'm I'm glad you're here. I wanted to hear your your story actually. I know Michael wanted to hear it too. Don't get me uh, don't don't get him wrong. He's he's a polite man, but the guy was hungry hours ago. He even told me so. I told him, "Look, I'll, I'll keep it short, but you know, we went on a little too long, but uh, definitely tell us a little bit more about the story. Pick up where you left off." Okay, so it was around 1978 and we were going down it was an old, I guess you would say a back road. Hang on, excuse me. No worries. Sorry about that. Um, so we were going down this old, older road by a plant, and there were not any lights out. It, it wasn't a special kind of night or anything, no eclipse, nothing like that. And just out of nowhere, we were surrounded by this shadow over the car, and you could feel this presence. And it wasn't like blinking lights. There was nothing beaming on us. You know, there wasn't anything weird that I can say, like flashing on and off. But there was this heavy, heavy presence. And the guy that was driving and myself both, we were hanging out of the windows looking up, and you couldn't see anything. But all around the car, you could see a shadow not, you know, like if you were driving and it was the moon, you would see a shadow on one side, but it wasn't. It was surrounding the car. And we started going really fast, like I would say upwards of 100, trying to outrun the shadow thing. And it just kept following us. And we, whichever way we turned, left or right, it didn't matter. It was surrounding us. And then it just, poof, it was gone. It didn't try to hurt us. Wow. It didn't try to make contact. Yeah. But it was there and you could feel it. It was this heavy energy. Was it radiating through your body? It was. Or pulsating? One of the two. It was like making you tremble. Yeah. Wow. I can remember trembling. And how old were you at this time, by the way? Let's see. 75, 76. I was 16. I would have been about 18. Okay. So it's one of those things that you basically will never forget in your entire life, in other words. Yeah, and it's really amazing that I'm even telling you about it because I lived probably 40 years and never told a soul. Never. Wow. And just over the last year, I've mentioned it to a couple of people. So for me to call in, it's pretty weird. But yeah, it it was pulsating, I guess you would say. It was like a vibration. Yeah, this is a classic, classic encounter. Um, that is frightening, by the way. Honestly, it was. It was terrifying. Yeah. Because no matter what we did, no matter how fast we went, we even tried going slow, like, you know, less than five miles an hour, just to see if it was going to stay or mm. if it was going to go. Yeah. And it it didn't matter what we did. It was It, it was around us, and you could just feel like that tremble through the whole car. And I've got my hair standing up on my oh arm. It was creepy. Yeah, I understand. And you've never really told this story to anyone before. No, I told it to my husband when we got married about 30-something years ago, and uh, he looked at me like I had three heads. 
and and then he thought you were crazy. Never talked about it. Yeah, he's like my wife is. For a second, he's like, who did I marry? (laughs) Yeah, well, he was kind of high up in the air in in one of the airlines. Yeah, so it wasn't something that he was per se. He had ever seen himself, and yeah, hearing it from me, I think it took him back for a minute. We haven't really talked about it since. I hear you. Well, that's uh, that's kind of natural for people not to really uh, discuss these things out loud uh, with anyone, really, even if it's like a family member or to another uh, spouse or another person in the family. They are very hush hush about it because they are scared uh, about what what they what they saw. So you know, I don't really blame you for uh, keeping that a uh, bit of a secret there. Yeah, the guy I was dating at the time. He and I both we were like, yeah, let's just you know after we got got back to his house and we were sitting there and we talked about it and we were like what in the world what could that have been and we tried to come up with everything in the world to make sense of it and there was just no making sense of it yeah and there was nothing else that you could think except for that it was something not from here there's a there's a possibility that it could have been a secret governmental sort of um plane that they have at the time you know there's a lot of these secret planes that we have very little knowledge of out there. Possibly you might have seen that. I'm not saying you didn't, but there, there is a chance that it might have been one of ours. But even if it's that's... Very well. But even if that is the case, you have to ask yourself, how did we even obtain this sort of advanced technology? Right, exactly. And at that time, I was so young, I would not have been familiar with anything that the government was doing like that. Sure. But since you bring that up, we were not that far from an Air Force base. Wow, there you so go. I guess that could, I guess that could make sense. But it could be, again, it could, I don't think this sort of technology comes from comes from us. I, I, I've interviewed Dr. Albert Taylor a, a number of times here on the program, and he's worked for NASA, and he's worked with satellites, and he's worked with advanced weaponry and what he claimed to have worked on he he says uh that technology did not come from anyone on this planet he said it came from somewhere else oh i would definitely believe that when someone like that that, when someone like that though that's worked that position uh, such as dr albert taylor and you can all look him up by the way if you have no idea who that is uh, i recommend you do Uh, Dr. Albert Taylor is one of the smartest uh, human beings I've ever talked to. And again, I I believe everything uh, he has told me in the past. And again, he's another guy that's out here in Southern California, and I wish to bring him back on. But he worked for, um, well, he was working for um, President Reagan's uh, Strategic Defense Initiative, SDI or Star Wars, rather, if you want to call it that way, way back in the day. So this is a guy that holds a lot of weight. And when he says something like that, and he's not blowing smoke up anyone's ass, by the way, and he's a straight shooter, especially with me. You know, these people are talking to me here. We're not doing some bullshit interview. And uh, he right. laid it all down here. And it was uh, pretty incredible. And we got to bring him back on here. And uh, uh, you got to call in and let him know your story as well. He loves hearing about these sort of things. Yeah, I'll... I don't know. You got me really curious about if it was one of ours. It might be. We were close to a base. Sure. But yeah, I'll be glad to call back in if you have him on the show. Oh, of course. I'll um, get right on it. Uh, but my goodness, 
My, my, my. And you haven't seen anything else uh, since this um, incident, have you? Never. That was it. The one and only time. One and done. Do you you want to see um, something again like that? I would prefer not to be chased like that again. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. That was really creepy. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely interested what else is there. Being out here in California, you go out to, let's say, um, in the mountains somewhere, and it's very, very dark. You see all sorts of uh, weird lights moving around. Perhaps satellites, but some people claim uh, those aren't satellites that you see. And I've seen a lot of uh, strange lights in the sky, things that illuminated the the, uh, mountains out here. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, this, you know, you would think just from stories that you would have seen flashing lights or something like that, but there wasn't. It was just energy, energy and a shadow. That is um, very creepy, especially at this time at night. It was, I'd say, around 1 in the morning, 12, 1 in the morning. And in the chat room right now, there's that uh, car, you know, driving um, on that long stretch of road and the galaxy in the background. So it's it's going with your story quite well. It's all uh, (laughs) coming to me quite vividly in my head. It's pretty awesome. Can you imagine something? thank you for taking that call. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, though, something chasing you in your car. There's nothing more frightening than that, in my opinion. Sure, uh, it was frightening. Human or non-human, that's still pretty scary, something following you. It was. It, it honestly Ooh, was. Creepy. Very creepy. Very. All right, well, I do want to thank you for uh, calling in here with that story. I really, really do appreciate that. Well, I really do thank you for taking my call. I'll talk to you soon, Deacon. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Okay, Have take a good care, one. everybody. Stay, yeah, stay safe. All right. Good night. All right, you too. Good night. And uh, there she goes believe that was our friend uh, Cindy from the chat room here. We do appreciate that story. Wow. Very creepy people. Very, very creepy. Almost as creepy as uh, Stephen Greer. Yeah, let's go back to uh, these photographs of one Stephen Greer. You know, I, I hate to judge the man, and I, I'm not trying to be mean here or anything, but he kind of looks a little, a little extraterrestrial in my opinion. He looks kind of like an alien. In a weird way. Am I losing my mind here? He looks like an E.T. I I mean, come on, it's right there in front of us. He kind of does. I can't be the only one who thinks that about Greer. He looks a little bit like that. A little E.T.-ish. I know there's plenty of you guys out there who um, believe that. He's a little bit like a tall gray. Crazy, right? There's a lot of uh, strange folks connected to uh, Greer, by the way. Let's put it that way. I know a number of people that are into Greer and the summoning of UFOs. And let's say there's a few people in that group that slightly questionable, let's put it that way. They're into some uh, very weird sort of things. It goes beyond speculation, by the way. Yeah, look at him. He looks a little bit like an E.T., especially here. Look at that. Tell me that doesn't look a little extraterrestrial to you i can't be the only one come on regardless we don't hate the man at least i don't other people do though but i don't have those sort of feelings for um our friend greer i don't hate the guy i don't hate anyone by the way there's no hate in my heart yes he's definitely creepy max terrible acne scars aging badly that's uh our friend uh, egyptian princess in the chat room he is a little creepy. I'm, you, you are right. And I think 
It's okay to have that opinion, by the way. It's just an opinion. We're not trying to bully this man in any way. We don't hate the guy. He just looks a little reptilian. Yeah, Daniel. A uh, lizard. A little lizard-like, yeah. Dublin says his face has nothing to do with it. Well, then what is it? Gladys. Gladys. Whitley took it up the, the Greer. Oh, <laughs> Whitley took it up the Greer. Oh, I like that. That is... I, <laughs> I, I had a... Go back and look at that one and see what, see if that's exactly what that said. Wow. I don't like that kind of talk. That's pretty good. I'm going to have to remember that line. That was good. That was good. The chat room is um on fire here. I don't like that kind of talk indeed. Good Lord, guys. Derry D says Scarface. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, his face isn't exactly that scarred up. I mean, it's... You know, he's got a little, a little wrinkles uh, going on there. That's all right. You know, he's, he, he looks like an alien, no doubt, but he's not like a completely disgusting-looking human being, by the way. Like, when I see him, I don't think he's like, you know, this gross, hideous, abortion sort of guy. Because, you know, that goes through my mind sometimes when I see a few people out there. I think, look at this, this pile of fecal matter. I don't really get that feeling from Greer, though. I mean, Mr. Horn, he went on about uh, Greer, you know, like talking about him like he just really didn't, just hated the guy. Uh, I don't really feel like I hate the guy, though, to be honest. I gotta be, gotta be honest. Chad uh, says, what do you think about George Norrie? Well, Chad, you know, I've come across uh, George a number of times. And the first time I met him, he knew who I was when I was introducing myself to him. I thought that was a rather nice and a pleasant a change of pace. And I'm not uh, approaching that with, a, with an ego of any, of any kind where I would expect you to know who I am. I'm just a normal guy. But he knew who I was, and I thought that was, was kind of nice of him. He didn't, he, wasn't a, he, he didn't try to do the whole L.A. thing. You know, it's very L.A. when that, when that sort of thing goes on amongst people that are, like, known, that are, like, celebrities. And I'm not a celebrity. But I am known from uh, you know, different circles of life out there. They definitely know who I am, for better or for worse. And uh, part of that is because, you know, I was at one time a producer for the late John McAfee. So that didn't really, that didn't really do me any favors in life. Let's put it that way. Oh, let's put it that way. But George is a good guy, though. Uh, you know, he's doing his own thing. And uh, yeah, he's a hugger, all right. He gave me a big hug, a very big hug. Uh, Daniel says, Dark Matter Radio Buddy. Uh, Ryan, um, well, well, yes. Um, I just mentioned the guy I did do that with, uh, Ryan. That went down. And it was um, pretty insane. There's been a number of people I've done that with. But yeah, good times. Very, very good times, folks. But no, I, I like George. He's all right, but yes, biased uh, Dublin. I agree. He has his own thing going on. I don't know what he's doing out there these days. He's kind of turned that show into uh, something else, really. They say that he's kind of turned it into like a health sort of uh, thing. No longer is it dedicated to things of the past, like UFOs, the par paranormal, Bigfoot. It's usually the other hosts, the guest hosts, that do that sort of thing nowadays. It's no longer really focused on things that you 
used to love when Art Bell was around. And Art was a different character too, by the way. I had some interactions with the guy. Very angry though. Towards the end of his life, he was really hating life. Daniel says, the mothership took Nori. You met his clone. Uh, Daniel, have you been talking to the freight train, James Fetzer? He would agree with you that he is a clone. I would have to imagine, you know what? The last time I saw Nori was out in the desert at a contact in the desert, ironically. He was looking really frail, very frail. Like if you pushed him over, he would break his back and his hip. His hip would be broken like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan has a broken hip, by the way. Well, he did at one time, but Nori, the same fate, that would happen to our friend Nori. And uh, when I saw him out there, he was hosting a panel of some of the strangest people on earth, all assembled in, at one time. <laughs> and uh, he was up there in the panel listening to these people and th the speakers, rather. And this is the first time I've ever seen Nori having to take a seat and sit down while everyone was talking. I thought, oh no, Nori, you're getting really old. And he is very old these days. No disrespect to uh, Nori, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying that in any kind of malicious sort of way. I would never do that, by the way. That is not cool. And uh, yeah, Cindy Lou in the chat room. Thank you for that story. That was amazing. We do love that. Uh, Dublin says, Michael, he was dying of lung cancer. Couldn't breathe. W was he really? I don't know. Lung cancer. Um, are you referring to RFK Jr.? He kind of sounds like he has lung cancer. Kind of sounds like that guy from uh, South Park. The guy with the voice box. You know, the guy, uh, Ned, I believe. Talks all weird. That's what uh, RFK Jr. sounds like. I don't think America wants a president that sounds like that, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, Egyptian prince, and so I'm, I'm with you 100%. I can't listen to RFK Jr. He sounds like this. In other words, anytime I hear his voice, it's like, uh, That's all I hear, basically. I don't really even know what he's saying. I need uh, I need the uh, captions there. The closed caption. Closed captioning, that's what I need. Because I don't know what the hell that man is saying. He might as well be deaf, in my opinion. No disrespect, by the way. But the Kennedys, I don't understand the America's obsession with the Kennedys either. Can someone uh, in the chat room tell me what is America's obsession with uh, the Kennedys here? They're all kind of shady if you look into it. That whole family, there is a lot of weird shit going on with them. So I don't really understand why anyone would be that obsessed with the um, Kennedys. Someone enlighten me. I would uh, love to hear it. Well, thank God you're not obsessed. You, um, you're, you're not that uh, demented, obviously. But a lot of the folks out there are, unfortunately. They um, really like that guy. America is doomed, folks. America is doomed. It's going down the drain. Totally. And, um, wow, look at that. No one has uh, said anything about it. No one is defending RFK Jr. in the chat room. I am surprised. I, I'm waiting. No one's going to stand up for your, your guy. Why not? I'm waiting. No RFK Jr. supporters out there. Hmm. America doesn't want him. The American people don't want that man. And I don't blame them. Dublin says, I did support him initially. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I liked a few things he said out there. Of course, there's uh, plenty of things I like that a lot of people say that I don't necessarily back. And that's okay. That's why I can't really uh, identify politically with anyone, really. There's uh, certain things I like about, uh, let's say, uh, people on the left. Some things I like, people that are down the middle. Some things I like on the right. But I can't truly back any of these people, bottom line. It's hard to, it's hard to. Chat says, uh, America supports Marilyn Monroe. And unfortunately, yeah, a lot of women out there do love Marilyn Monroe. And anytime I've ever uh, come across a woman that had like uh, portraits of Marilyn Monroe, like they have photos and all that shit, I get the hell out of there. I'm like, that is no one you want to look up to. That's like looking up to the, the Kardashians, by the way. And Daniel M says, uh, who's the e-girl eating on screen? Is that your girlfriend, Michael? No, that's, that is the very famous uh, Belle Delphine. Just an internet troll of sorts who really capitalized on all kinds of uh, strange men out there willing to pay for bathwater, used bathwater, by the way, from the woman you see here. I just thought that was hilarious, that's all. When people do things like that, I think that's funny. I think, look how many uh, dumb, ignorant Americans there are out there that would be willing to buy such a fake product of sorts. It's not really even, obviously, a used bathwater. That's, uh, that's pretty, pretty demented. Oh, yeah. Uh, Max, I agree. It is uh, an awesome overlay. And Max, if you want to call in... Uh, you're more than free to. I mean, we are sort of winding down here. So if you want to call in, if anybody wants to call in, uh, please feel free to do so. That number is 424-666-2425. 424-666-2425. Don't be afraid. We're here for a little bit longer. Uh, Ryan P says she's on Pornhub. And uh, yeah. I think uh, most women that you see online these days are on Pornhub or they have an OnlyFans. And uh, yeah, that's another thing. If uh, you have a girlfriend or a wife who's on OnlyFans, ooh, yeah, it's going to be a rough ride for you. We live in a strange time, by the way, folks, where men share their girlfriends and their wives to their friends and then, uh, their neighbors. Guys want to see uh, other strange men do things to their wife. It's the time we live in now. If, uh, old, if any of you yo, uh, older folks out there, older generations out there listening to this, I apologize for um, exposing you to uh, the, the underbelly of reality, uh, reality of the interwebs and what's going on on social media. Uh, I'm sorry for uh, corrupting your minds, but this is a reality, folks. That's why I'm telling you. Uh, when uh, the comic, uh, what, what is that called? The not... Yeah, Comic-Con, right? Is that what it is over there in like San Diego and a few other places? There's a lot of prostitution going on during those times. Yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot of, uh, a lot of women selling it out there. It's the truth. Daniel M says, I'm an idiot. When I'm drunk, sometimes I pay for OnlyFans when I see the thirst traps on TikTok. And uh, yeah, that's what social media is all about right now, folks. You uh, older folks out there, you newer parents out there, I would hope none of you let your daughters on uh, TikTok and all that shit. I hope not, for your sake. And I'm not a parent, I'm just looking out for you, even though I'm sure you know this already, because you're not 
a complete retard if you're listening to this. Yeah, it's a very um, strange subject to talk about. And a lot of people won't really even go down this road. A lot of your favorite hosts out there that you like uh, won't even uh, talk about these sort of things. They won't even touch it. But that's one thing that uh, America is dealing with. And uh, a lot of people wonder why birth rates are down, why men don't want to get married. Well, these are one of the, one of the reasons why. Scam likely says only half a tard. I hear you. Better than being only half a f***. And uh, what did you say, Dublin? Uh, Michael Deacon, you the man. I believe I am the man. Oh, I'm hearing the dogs barking. Not my dog, by the way. I don't own a dog. I only have uh, two cats now, by the way. Yes, two cats that roamed into my life, by the way. That's what they do. Yes. That's those little bastards. Little um, demons from hell, I like to call them. The Egyptians knew something, though. Those, those little cats, they take over everything. They own the home, basically. They own you. I love cats a lot now, too. I've never really loved cats, but you know now I kind of do, in a way, since uh, two cats came into my life. And they made me a better person inside. They own everything now. They sleep on uh, anything you put on the ground. Little bastards. And uh, Victoria says, uh, did your dad listen to last night's show? Oh, well, Victoria, I don't know. I don't know if he listened to last night's show at all, but if he does, I'm sure he'll, he'll appreciate the nice things I said about him. At least I hope so, um, uh, you know, in my heart. In my heart of hearts. Because, you know, I do love uh, my old man. I think everyone uh, should love their old man. And, uh, you know, I feel sorry for uh, those people out there who have uh, no father. Because, you know, I grew up in a, with a good dad, a good mom. And a lot of my friends didn't really have any of that. So, you know, I feel bad for them. Once we go through the holidays, I get sad for them. Because their parents were like shitty, you know. My parents were always good to me. And now I uh, tell them, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to talk to you, mom or dad, if you want to talk to me here. You have to give me a call here on the program or else you won't hear a word from me. Can you imagine if I did that, by the way? If I was like, uh, dad, if you loved me, you would only call me on the program uh, anywhere else. You're not allowed to. That would be insane. The fact that I even thought about that is crazy. Of course, I would never do that because that is, that's insane. Uh, Dublin says, Michael, your dad is still living. Uh, Dublin, yeah, my dad's still very much alive. Very much alive. Azare was talk blocked. What does that mean? He was uh, cock blocked? Is that, what you, is that what you mean? Plot twist. Michael reveals that his father is George Norrie. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, can you can you imagine? No, Nori's not my dad. He's a uh, you know he's from a he's from a different country, I believe. He's not really from this country. He's like a Iranian or something. Egyptian princess says you're lucky. Enjoy your parents. And Egyptian princess, yes, I know. Trust me, I know. I've had psychedelic trips, Egyptian princess, where I thought of my parents in the the most. Uh, honorable and respectable ways uh, imaginable the love that uh, came through from them to me was something else and uh, everyone else that has been gracious to me 
All the all their spirits came to me. Oh yes. Uh, Dublin says Michael Deacon Mine was murdered in 1980. God, Your parents were murdered in 1980. Well, good God Almighty, Dublin! One of these days, you might have to call in. I mean, I I never knew that, Dublin. I um really really sorry to hear that. Wow, my goodness, Dublin! I I'm terribly sorry about that. Rest in peace to your parents. Yes, God bless. My goodness. Uh, yeah, Daniel, I hope Dublin has uh, some great memories of them. That is not the way to go out in this world. Um, a crash, uh, any kind of accident, never good. Never good. Dublin says, my father was shot and murdered. Shot in head, neck, and chest. Uh, Dublin was uh, your old man in the mob. Was he a mobster? And I don't mean that in a uh, sarcastic uh, way, even though that, that is kind of funny, but I don't mean that uh, in, a, in a joking manner, though. What on earth happened to him? Dublin says, can't talk about it or about that. Okay, Dublin, fair enough. But wow, Dublin, I am so, so damn sorry to hear that. Wow, that is, yeah, that is, that is nuts. I know I feel terrible now. Could feel it in the heart now. Wow, very, very tragic. Yes, Max. Yes, we all need to give you a virtual hug after that. Uh, Dublin revealing that her father shot multiple times. Yikes. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Dublin. I know that is probably not easy to be uh, talking about that sort of thing, especially to a group of strangers like us. But we are all here for you. We, you know, we all love you. We all love. We love all of you out there. We love our listeners and the haters we love them all yeah we are a very strange bunch oh dublin says it made the news okay and daniel says i'm taking a shot of tequila to honor your dad that's a nice thing to do very nice thing to do and uh, boys and girls this has been a wild show i must say but i am looking at the time and we have to hit the road here rather sooner than later but I do want to thank all of you guys out there for hanging out with me here tonight. I could talk to you guys uh, for another hour, just uh, me and you. But guys, I've been been doing multiple shows all week for you. I've been hustling shows left and right for you guys. Because I thought, you know, you guys deserve it. You guys deserved uh, a bunch of shows out of me. And I made it happen just for you. From the bottom of my heart to all of you, that was my little present Back-to-back -back episodes of the Michael Deacon program and another one coming your way, a pre-recorded show I did with Mr. Marshall Masters. I believe I will have that up for you uh, Monday. And uh, Tuesday, I'll be back live here again with Mr. Brad Olson, another lovely guest. Brad Olson, he'll be here live and direct. Yeah, we're going to go live. Uh, Marshall, we got to bring him back on here live, though. It's just I've been having a lot of trouble with Marshall. He's... Missed a show here, and sometimes he can't do it live. And uh, this program is all about being live. That's why we can interact with each other. You guys can call in. Yeah, we could have a good time together. But yes, rats about Marshall indeed, Max. Yes, we have a great lineup of guests coming on here. We have Andrew Bishagio coming up too. Or Bishago, the time traveler. I have to uh, still make that phone call and set up an interview here. That's all coming up uh, pretty soon here, rather than uh, later. And uh, go to MichaelDeacon.com and stay updated. Sign up for that newsletter. It'll hit you right away. Disable 
your um, ad blockers and let that let the newsletter roll down for you. Maybe I'll create a page just for you guys and you could do it that way if you are on a um, ad blocker. And don't forget, sign up on the form. MichaelDeacon.com slash community. There's a message board now and you guys could all talk shit to each other and to me. It's, it'll be fun. Mike Hadius signed up recently, so you'll probably be seeing him posting every now and then, but don't hold your breath. And if you want to support the program, there'll be a link down below. Definitely donate if you can. Help us keep the lights on here. If you like the program, definitely donate and keep it rolling. It'll be at the bottom. And yes, we do have merchandise. Some awesome shirts, by the way, and awesome stickers, and the Amber Heard Pine Size uh, Mug. Get yourself the Amber Heard Pine Size Mug. You guys remember that one? Yes, with uh, Johnny Depp. The Battle of the Century. Pathetic, I know. Either way, folks, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. We do want to thank Michael Horn for being a guest here on the program. And we want to thank Cindy for sharing that story with us. And yes, search the Michael Deacon program and you'll find us wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there together. And uh, folks, my God, time just uh, flies on by every time we do this. It's really depressing. It really is. I mean, we didn't even get a, a chance to bring up uh, that woman, Goldie Hahn, I believe. The actress who claimed an extraterrestrial once touched her face, saying it felt like the finger of God. As she recalls, moment, moments she found herself surrounded by three otherworldly beings. The finger of God. I don't even want to know. It could go a lot of ways, um, despite throwing that out there. But yes, Goldie Hahn. Look her up if you don't know who that is. She's claiming she had this uh, strange sort of incident there. It's too bad we could have brought that up to Mr. Horn and found out what he thought about that. Who knows? Michael did a great job here tonight. He usually does. You know, he delivers, boys and girls. He usually does. He's a good guy. Comes in hot. And that's why a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, prominent UFO folks uh, don't really like Michael Horn, because he comes in that hot, that aggressive. They're not used to that. But we love that here on the program. We love that sort of fire, that intensity. The moxie. We're fans of that here. We respect that. Oh, yes, we do. Once again, boys and girls, it's been a honor and pleasure. We will do this again on the other side, boys and girls. My goodness. My name is Michael Deacon, reporting to you live and direct from Hell Central, California. Always, always a honor and pleasure. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo.
world's number one late night radio show and podcast. You are next on WBSM. Yeah, once again, you're full of yourself, Tim. You and that guy, the last caller, complaining that callers call into the show and complain about this and that, but they have no solution for the problem. Do you have a solution, Tim? No, what I said was that sometimes you do have frustrations uh, and that you just want to vent those frustrations. And it's not always a matter of needing to have a solution. So I was trying to kind of disagree with the caller a little bit in that no, way no, no, that no, we no, don't no. expect You're it. You're trying to water it down. No, no, no. No, I'm no. not. Please. What is Biden, what is your president doing in the Ukraine? What is he really doing there? What, what do you think? No, no, I'm asking you. I asked you first. It, it, I think... We need to keep our noses you, out of foreign wars. And if we you, if you ask me no if, if you ask me what I honestly think, I think they're trying to come up with a plan to try to get this through a resolution. Yeah, what kind of resolution? I don't in know. Biden's favor in your favor because you're all you're a Biden lover, right? I am not a Biden lover. Yeah, you you defend him all the time. I can't say anything bad about the guy. No, you can say you can question his policies, you can question his decisions. I don't let people question his mental status. I don't let people question the way that he I don't speaks. I think he should have went there. Those, Do you think that was okay that he went over there? Uh, I mean, I think it's probably eventually you can't just have those discussions remotely. You know, you've got to well, go there. The Zelensky came that here are complaining that he didn't go to Ohio and come on. You don't think he should have went to Ohio first? Um, I mean, oh, there you go. I know. I no, know I, I mean, I would have said this about Trump, too. I don't know that you have to go in that situation to uh, go America to that situation. Him, always America first, <sighs> always. 
We need to stay out of foreign wars, wars that are not our wars. Look what happened in Vietnam. How many of our American boys did we lose there? It wasn't our war, Tim. What have you got to say about that one? That America first is an idiotic thing to say because we live in a global world it? now. It's your country. You live here. I don't care about the stupid borders that people drew to make an imaginary distinction between me and other people that live in the world. I think we're all citizens of the same world. So you're okay with these foreigners coming in and yep. you don't I know Not only am I okay them. with them coming in, I hope they get your apartment. How about that? You, I hope they move into your backyard. I'll let them come in. And, and I'll buy them a tent. Is, because you're defending them. I'll buy them they're a tent. They're bringing diseases here. They're bringing fentanyl. They're bringing drugs. They're killing our younger generation. And you're okay with the whole thing, Mr. Weisberg. I don't think they're nearly as hateful as you are, so... Really? Well, I'll tell you, I don't believe in what this this government is doing. We are so okay, corrupt. Well, I think okay, it's that's fair. Repair. It's getting very bad. And you with your sandwiches. Let's get into that. It's okay to go to a restaurant <laughs> once in a while. You can't go to a restaurant every day and expect to have good health. They've got chemicals, preservatives in those food. Your well, they've obviously affected your brain. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, now I'm a little bit looking. concerned. Keep having all them new sandwiches. That's fine. Uh, you just can't eat in a restaurant every single day. And, and, and you know that. And you you're know that I don't, it. right? You're promoting it to the listeners. <sighs> go to this restaurant. Go to that restaurant. They're not. It's called advertising, you dope. You are advertising. It, they pay you, for it. How do you think yes, we run the radio station? Too, you? You're getting paid too, aren't you? You, you, you radio, oh my God. Listen, I'm trying. I'm really trying with you. You don't even believe in God. Don't mention God. I'm really trying with you, but I can't. The world that you live in doesn't exist. Don't promote so many restaurants, Tim. That's what I'm saying because all them preservatives, chemicals. Do you do you like listening? Do you like listening to this radio station? That is how the hold on. Stop and listen. Do you like listening to this radio station? Because who pays for that to happen? Advertisers, I'm going to guess you're still going, right? Okay. Advertisers pay for this radio station. So you're going to hear about restaurants. I understand that, but you're promoting it every five minutes. Listen. Then don't listen to the show. Don't listen to the show. I don't want you to listen to the show because obviously it's affecting your health. Cooking at home. Can't you cook at home once in a while? Did you not hear me talk about at the beginning of the show how I cooked at home? Tim. The human body doesn't know how to handle all the stuff that's coming. I, I will that's do whatever it takes stuff. to not turn me that into is, you. 